Tonight, I've titled my talk, IDK, or I Don't Know. And, and the reasons I've titled it this is because I don't think that often many of you have heard pastors, have heard people stand up on a stage or, or, or really sit in conversation or really, really teachers, not just pastors or Christian leaders, but teachers, uh, community leaders, whatever you look up to. I don't think there's many times where you've heard them say, hey, you present a question or a problem and they say, hey, the truth is I don't know. I think what happens often in our world is that we decide that, that I have to have all the answers. And I know I do this as a Christian, is that when I have non-believing friends or I have friends that maybe believe something just a little bit different than I, what do I do? I always try to prove them wrong with my answer. Man, this really became apparent to me over the last few weeks as I began to um, talk and spend time with a friend of mine that, that like six months ago, uh, he had just gotten married, he had just gotten a new job. He, he had just started like really what, what the world would maybe say, like he's really getting into the best parts of life. And over the last six months, uh, I've got to walk through a season with him as some of those things, those highlight moments, those things that, that we determine our success by have kind of been broken down and torn down. And, and now he's kind of in a moment of like, man, I, I, like why am I here, Ryan? Like what did I do wrong? What did I, what, what happened? And in that moment of, of that that stillness, the only thing I knew to say to him, and this is not something that I often say. Normally, I would give an answer, hey, man, let's look at your life. Let's see what you did wrong. No, no, I just said, hey, man, I don't know. But here's what I do know. I know that God loves you. I know that God has a plan for you. I know that I love you. And I know, guess what, we're going to get through this thing. See, so many times I think our society and our world pushes us to come up with an intellectual answer, to come up with a reason why. Why is this happening? What is going on? And I think that God can be found in the I don't know moments of life. I think if we would, rather than run from the I don't know moments, rather than run from the moments where we don't understand, if we would lean into those as believers, that God would really, really reveal himself to us. So I thought about some of these I don't know things in my life. One, I'm just going to be really honest with you, gravity. Like, I don't know why I'm still just, like, standing and not floating. Like, like you're like, there's a scientific answer. I'm not asking for the scientific answer, and because even if you did it for me, I probably still wouldn't understand. But if I jump off the stage right now, I'm going to land right there rather than float across the room. Why does that happen? I don't know. Like, I literally do not know. And you're like, there's an answer for it. Cool. You probably don't even understand the answer that, you, that you're giving. Like, that's a crazy thought to think that we live in a small world, which is a part of a, which is part of, like, planets. I don't even know. I'm going to say the wrong words. So I'm just going to say planets, which is then part of a galaxy, which is then part of a bigger galaxy. And for some reason, we're stuck here on Earth, and we can't get out of it. Like, what? I don't know. As an I don't know, you're like, I get it. Cool. The second time I wrote, the very, the first, don't quote me on this, but I think it's true. The first four words of the Bible are, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, like, like what? That's an I don't know moment for me. So you're saying, God, you were in the beginning, but that means you had to be before the beginning, and then you're after the beginning, and it's like, like, what, God? I don't know, have you ever thought about that? Like, in the beginning, God. Like, like, it just all of a sudden, it started with God. Like, what? 
Like, God, explain that to me. He doesn't. He just says, in the beginning, God. Then I thought about time and how God is outside of time. You're, this is legitimately where my thoughts go. I'm not kidding. I'm being real honest with y'all tonight. You're like, this guy is crazy. I thought about time. God is outside of our time. So God was, he is, and he always will be. So in my mind, as I think through this logically, which is just not a logical answer, but I would think that God is present now, but God is never, he's always present. So that God doesn't have a past or a future. Like, like that doesn't make sense to me. But, but I think if we would lean into the I don't know moments, that God would really begin to reveal himself. So then I brought it down practically to my life, where I am today. And the truth is, I don't know about my future. I don't know the next whatever plan that God has for me in my life. I don't know about what I want to do forever. Like, like I don't know. These are real life. I don't know questions. Maybe you're a senior in here and you're graduating in a month and you're like, I don't know where I'm going to school. I don't know, even know if I want to go to school. Like, I don't know what, maybe you're a junior high. You're like, I don't know if I want to play sports in high school. Like, I don't know. The truth is, is that God wants us to lean into the I don't know. How do I know this? Because there's a few, or why, let's go with why first. Why do I, why do I believe God this? Why is there moments of I don't know? Why is there moments of mystery and wonder? And the reason is because is God says his ways are higher than our ways. He says that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He says that his plan is way beyond our plan. So that obviously shows that there is a gap in intelligence and in intellectual into understanding that you and I are not given that we are to trust God with. So let's look at a moment of I don't know in the Bible. We're going to come up on a scene here in Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. If you have, it, if you have your Bible, you can turn to it. Man, I'm out of breath already. This is not good. Luke 8, 22, verse 20. And I haven't even started preaching yet, so y'all better buckle in today, okay? Jake told me if it gets good, he's going to stand up and shout down here. So please do that, because that means it was good, I hope. Um, Hopefully, hopefully I've talked enough to give you enough time to get to your Bible. It says in verse 22 of Luke 8, it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got in a boat and set out. This is pretty basic. Like this is the scene here. Jesus is with his disciples. He's with the 12, his homies, his boys. And he's like, hey, guys, simple mission today, nothing really crazy going on. We're on this side of the lake. I want to go to the other side of the lake. So in order to do that, I have to get in a boat and go across. You're like, simple, Jesus, done. Jesus sets the plan. Jesus sets the path. Jesus tells them what's going to happen. So what do they do? They get into the boat. I think this is the point in life where Christianity, sometimes when we know the path, if we were told, like, exactly what we're to do. I think that maybe like we would walk a little bit more confidently in it. But I think the I don't know is the moments where God is like, no, 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 you have to trust me. And this is one of these moments. They're, they're getting into it confidently, knowing this is a basic task. We're just getting into a boat. It's probably something that they've done before. And verse 23 says, as they sailed, he fell asleep. Cool. Verse 23, like, 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 I don't really understand why I need Jesus' nap schedule. 
Like, like, out of all the things, God, you could have written in the Bible, like, why do I need to know that Jesus is napping in a boat? Like, 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 like if I get, the, well, not if, but when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to say that, when I get to heaven one day, like, I, I really am curious, like, God, like, what's with the napping schedule? Because it's not the only time we see Jesus sleeping, like, like, like Jesus, why, like, God, why do we need the napping schedule? And then it says a squall came down. I don't know what a squall is, but I know a storm. A storm came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. So I want you to understand something. God is the creator of the wind. God is the creator of the water. Like literally in the beginning of time, God spoke and there was water. Like I don't know how powerful you think you and I are, but like God said water and then it was water. God said mountain and there was a mountain. God said, Ryan, and he made, I don't, I don't know, like that, that, that's like crazy to me. So the God in human form named Jesus who made the wind and created the lakes is now sleeping. And this moment, as the storm comes in, as the storm crushes them, like I just have to feel for a moment if the storm and the, the wind and the water had a mind that they would be like, dude, we're winning. Like, we are winning. We are beating the creator. We are whooping him in the, in the lake right now. Like, he is still asleep. That's another thing. Like, in a minute, we're going to see Jesus is still asleep. Like, it says that the, they're being swamped of water. What I, that pictures to me, like, Jesus is not in a, like, a nice little, like, sheltered uh, bed, like, queen-size bed in the back of a yacht like, like these athletes and people today have. Like, no, no, Jesus is in a little tiny boat, and the disciples can literally turn around and see Jesus sleeping. So when it says the boat is being swamped with water, like, Jesus, at this point, he is taking a nap in a puddle of water. Like, think of, I, I don't even like, like, if you were to dump water on me now, I'd be uncomfortable. Never mind would I be able to sleep. Gee, like most of us, if you pour water on someone when they're sleeping, they wake up automatically. Talk about a good nap. Jesus is still sleeping in this thing. Like that's wild to me. Like Jesus, like, like bro, like it's wet out here. Like you don't see this? We're going to see they had to wake him up. I just want to make a side note here. If Jesus is still sleeping, you're probably okay. Like, like that's real. I got to amen. I love that over there. If Jesus is sleeping, you're probably okay. Now, side note, again, side note of my side note of, like, this is a footnote, I guess. Um, Jesus, he, just thankfully, he, he's not sleeping anymore. He, he's present, and he's alive, and he is risen, and, and he is active in our lives every moment, 24 hours a day. He does not need to sleep anymore, thankfully. But I thought about this. Have you ever been in a situation where the expert or the creator of the field, the, the person that should know the most is, like, nervous. So this morning I was at the dentist and I was getting dental work done, which is like of the enemy. Like I do not like dental work, but I like like ices and sugar and like all those things. So they don't go well together with my teeth. So I have to keep going back to the dentist. Um, that's real. I like ices and Cokes and, and Sour Patch Kids, whatever it is. Y'all, y'all can bring it to me. That'd be awesome. Um, but as I was at the dentist this morning, I have a, like I had a, not, this is a hard story to tell, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I had a fake tooth, I guess, on my, like, the root of the tooth. Like, talk about I don't know moments. Like, you just let people go into your mouth and just do all this stuff, and hopefully it comes out okay at the end. That's how I feel at the dentist. There's, like, a lot of drilling and stuff, and then they're like, you're good. And I'm like, my mouth is open and bleeding. Like, what do you mean I'm good? But, but this morning particularly, they were trying to pull off this fake tooth that was on top of my real tooth. 
so they could put another fake tooth in there. And uh, the, the, the lady, she's working on it, and she can't get it. It's starting to hurt a little bit at this point. They didn't numb me at this point. And then she panics for a minute. And, like, have you ever had a feeling when the crew, like, the person that's the professional panics? This is like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> like, like, if she is panicking in this situation, I am in trouble, right? Like, the dentist is panicking. So, <laughs> and then... You ever had a situation where they had to go get another professional in that four, like, to come in? Like, she has to go get another dentist. And I'm like, oh, gosh. I am now sitting in a dental chair sweating. Like, like, like what is happening? And this lady, this is the best part. This lady comes in, and the, the tooth that they're taking out is on the left side of my mouth. She comes in, and she starts trying to pull out a, a real tooth on the right side of my mouth. And I'm like, no, 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 ma'am, ma'am. This, like, like, she's like, no, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm professional. I'm like, no, you're not a professional. Obviously, the tooth that you're supposed to be pulling out is on this side of my mouth. If the professional is nervous, you should be nervous. Like, I'm waiting. I don't know if you've ever been on an airplane or not, but I'm waiting for one time. Um, you, you know when you're on an airplane, if you've ever flown before, that there's a thing called turbulence. And, and what happens is, and I need to take a breath before I do this. What happens is, like, man, I've been practicing this all day. If I blow this right now, I'll be mad. Um, what happens is, is if there's turbulence coming up, the the flight attendant or the pilot, they'll get on quietly and calmly. They're like, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for flying with Southwest Airways. And uh, there's going to be some turbulence ahead. So if you would quickly grab your seat and put your seatbelt on, it's going to be no problem. We'll be there in the ground shortly. Great. Great. Like, I don't feel, like, I don't feel, like, I don't feel nervous. But I'm waiting for the time that the, the, I'm waiting for the time that the flight attendant gets on the thing and they're like, for the love of Jesus, get in your seats and get a seatbelt on. We're going down. Like, I'm not, like, I don't really, I guess I'm not really waiting for that time, but I am. Like, I just want to see them panic for a moment. Like, every time, like, I got, we're, we're crashing into an ocean, but it's going to be okay. Thanks so much for flying Southwest Airways. Like, like what? Airlines. She's yelling at me, Airways. Whatever, you know it. But I'm serious. Man, I just want to, like, like, that, that, like, that's all I'm going for one of these times. So I don't know why I told you all that story, but if Jesus is asleep, you good. Verse 24. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. Like, like, pause. Like, y'all really, like, they don't know what at this moment, but like, they do, but they don't, they're not thinking it. Like, y'all really think that Jesus is going to die by something he, like, 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 the, like by the water. Like, you, like this is what you think is going to happen. Like, we're going to drown. Or in another translation, they say, we are going to die. He got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. They're literally yelling at Jesus, we are going to die. Like, do you not care about us? You're the one that told us to get onto this stupid lake. Like, you're sleeping still. Like, it's not comfortable to be sleeping anymore. Like, I don't want to die. Have you ever talked to someone with headphones on? Like, you'll have a conversation, you have headphones and music playing, and you're, like, yelling like that, and then the headphones come off, and you're like, you're like, we're going to die. Oh, oh, I'm yelling at you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. So I think that's what happened here. I think that Jesus, like, they're yelling at him. They're, they're like, Jesus, we're going to die. We're going to die. He gets up. He's like, peace. And it all stops. Like, think about that moment for the disciple, like, well, we're not, well, not going to die anymore. I guess we're going to be okay. Thanks, Jesus, so much. We're so glad. But like, they're like, what? They're like, what? I think in the moment of weakness, I think in the moment of their fear, I think in the moment of the unsure, the I don't know what's going to happen next, they really saw God for who he is. 
Man, they knew that Jesus was the creator of the wind. They knew Jesus was the creator of the water. But I think that Jesus takes this storm and he uses it as a moment and he says, hey, all you need is me. All you need is me. When you are weak, I am strong. Did God create the storm is what I get asked when I told this someone. I don't know. I know that God set it all in motion at some point in human history that this is all his design. Do I think he created the storm? I don't know the answer. I'm very honest with you. But I know that he's using the storm to teach you and I something tonight. He's teaching them that when they get into the mindset of I'm just going to the other side, you see what happens is in this moment, I think that, that the disciples, they were just like, man, how can I just get to the other side? Like Jesus told me I'm going to the other side. How can I get over there? I just want to get to the other side. How can I get there? And I think we do the same things. Have you ever been on a path that God has set out, that, that maybe a, a plan that God has given you in your life? Have you ever had a calling from God? And God sets the path. Remember I told you that earlier. God is the one that said, get in the boat and go across to the other side. And in the middle of it, I just think the disciples, as they're drowning, they're like, man, just get us to the other side. Just, uh, what if the design was never for them to get to the other side? What if, what if, what if, what, 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 what if the plan for yours and my life was not just to make it to the other side? But what if the plan was to grow and to know and to get intimate in the moments of I don't know with Jesus? Like, I can't think of a better moment for the disciples to understand, like, like dang, bro, I didn't know you had it like that out here. Like, like bro, you could tell the water and the sea to stop? Like, like I just feel like that's Peter, man. Peter, he, he kind of, like, got a little bit going on with him. He's cool. He's talking. He's loud. Like, he's like, dang, bro, you can just stop the sea like that? that that's not cool. The reality is I think so often we just try to get to the other side, man, or we just try to fix our parents' relationships, or we just try to fix my brother's drug problem, or we just try to fix my sister's cutting problem, or we just try to fix all the things in our lives. We just try. We just try and try and try and try. Just keep doing and doing and doing. Just think the disciples are just like, let me get to the, I just got to do it. I just got to get to the other side. I don't know about you, but I need some of those I don't know moments in my life. Why? For God to say, hey, I got you. Like, 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 peace. I got you. It's not about the boat. It's not about the water. It's not, but no, no, this is a moment where God is showing the disciples, hey, I got you. The God of the universe, the God that created everything, the God that sent his son Jesus to die on a cross is saying, hey, I got you. And if we're in my plan, if you're a part of my plan, I'm not leaving you in the storm. Probably I would like to be sleeping still in the storm, but you woke me up, so now I'm going to show you something. I thought about my own life. About three and a half years ago, my grandfather passed away. And I come from a family of non-believers, families that don't know Jesus. And my grandfather passed away, and I flew to New York to, to be at his service. 
And I, I remember, um, talk about an I don't know moment. Losing someone that I just cared so much about was a huge role model in my life, was an influencer in my life, was someone that created me to be who I am today, man. I love things like Duke basketball, like Knicks basketball, like all sports, all because my grandfather had these things. Man, I see it now in my life, the things he instilled in my life, the leadership things, the legacy things, the, part, the importance of family things. And, I, and I'm getting all, and I'm getting off the plane, and I'm getting to the service, and my mom is with me, and, and my family, about 40 of us, are gathered in a room in the side of the church. And they're looking for the church guy to say something here. They want the church guy to make this feel all right. They want the guy that says that he, ha, that he believes in a God to say, hey, this is on purpose, and this is, like, you, like you're, I'm going to be strong in here. And I walked into the room, and the only thing I knew to say was, I don't know. I don't know why my grandfather got cancer. I don't know why my grandfather passed away. I don't know. And I didn't say it then, but I wish I would have. I, I, I wish I could go back to that moment and I would have said two things to my family that I said earlier tonight. I would have said, I know two things. I know God loves us. I know he loves each one of us individually in this moment. Regardless of what you think about God, regardless of what you believe about God, I know that he loves us. And I know that I love each one of you. And maybe that's all we have in this moment, but I think that God is revealing to us and to me in that moment of like, man, you don't have to have the answers, but, but you can rest in the fact that you have each other and that God loves you. And as I thought about this passage, and I just want to end it quickly. I don't want to end it open, but I want to go to verse 25. And it says, Jesus, he looked at his disciples and he said, where is your faith? He asked his disciples. Where is your faith? I just imagine Jesus like, like he stops the storm and he's like, so guys, like, where's your faith? Like, did you not believe that I am who I say I am? Did you not believe, like, like you've been with me for a long, long time. Like, do you still not believe? And then, then I love the next part of the scripture, and it just says, it says, in fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands the winds and the water, and they obey him. Who is this? These people have been with Jesus for a long time. And they're in a boat in the middle of the ocean or the lake, and they're like, man, who is this guy? Man, I didn't know he could do this. I didn't know he could take my drug addiction lifestyle. I didn't know he could take my broken home. I didn't know he could take whatever it is for you. I didn't know he could take my gossip. I didn't know he could take all these things and say peace, and they disappear. I didn't know this. And then it, I love those two words, and they put them together, and it just says, in fear, meaning they were scared out of their minds. If the Bible says in fear, they are, these people are like scared out of their minds. I'm spitting everywhere. They're scared out of their minds. And then the next word it says, and amazement. So they're afraid. But you know what they're afraid? They're, they're afraid. You know what they say? Wow, this is an awesome God. Wow. 
Have you ever stopped in those I don't know moments of life and said, man, God, I'm scared to death to take the next step. I'm scared. I'm looking at a bunch of people that are going to college soon. I'm scared to death to leave my house and to go somewhere that is unknown, that I don't even know if they have churches there. If you're going to A&M, they don't. But, but, but I'm scared to death to take the next step. But in fear, you can still say, but wow, God, wow. Man, I'm amazed at you. Man, you just told the seas and the winds to stop, that if there's a God out there that, that, that can tell the universe to obey, how much more can he do with you and I? Like, how much more can he do with each one of us? So with no one looking around tonight, if you would bow your head, eyes closed, in the stillness and in the quietness of this moment, maybe you're in here tonight and you're with, if I were to ask you and say, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? That you might be in your I don't know moment. Here's what I would say. It's, o- it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to say, I don't know God. But if you look and if you sit and you listen long enough, I promise you, you will be amazed at the God of the universe. Why? Because there is a God that loves each one of us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. This same guy that stopped the, stopped the, the wind and the water and he sent him and he put him on a cross. Why? To take the penalty for you and I. Because you know why? Each one of us, because of our sin, because of the things we do wrong, because of the lies we make, because of all these things, the Bible says the wages for our sin is death. Meaning that we need to be accounted for. Meaning that death is our future if we, if, for our sin, for the things we don't do wrong. Or for the things we do wrong. And not only did he go into a grave, die and go into a grave, but on the third day, he rose out of the grave showing the power in the resurrection, proving to each one of us still today in this room that God, the grave cannot hold him. And the reality is if we have a relationship with Jesus, the fate is the same for each one of us, that God's place on the cross is for us, that we don't have to go into a grave and die and spend eternity separated from God, but we can then rise out of our death and we can spend eternity with God in heaven. And tonight, I believe even in fear, even in amazement, even whatever state you've walked into, even maybe in a drug addicted lifestyle, maybe even in a broken home, I believe that Jesus wants to pull you out of it and he wants you to walk and have a relationship with him. So I want to give you that opportunity. It's simple. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer quietly to yourself.